Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. So at the end of the month, a book is coming out called Anchored in the Current, Discovering Howard Thurman as Educator, Activist, Guide, and Prophet. And I had the deep honor of being invited to contribute a chapter to it. So uh, this past week, all of the contributors filmed a Zoom call as a promo for the book. And it was, it's a pretty big slate of folks, right? Like there's Barbara Brown Taylor, for folks who know her, and Parker Palmer, who founded the Center for Courage and Renewal, um, Starsky Wilskin, the CEO of the Children's Defense Fund, and Marion Wright Edelman contributed to it, Howard Thurman scholars, practitioners, activists, and just like generally super amazing people and then there's me and and I suppose like anyone who knows that they're kind of like punching above their weight class I went to my closet and was like what is the best garment that I can wear right now and obviously Chinese silk jacket came out right because if there's anything that Howard Thurman taught me it's that once you discover who you genuinely, genuinely are, that's the only garment that you need. And I feel like this represents at least a really solid portion of who I am. And now for those of you who don't know Harvard Thurman, he grew up in the segregated South in the early 1900s. He was raised in large part by his grandmother, uh, his grandmother who was formerly enslaved. And the image that I really can't get over is that when Howard Thurman was a kid, he would sit uh, like in kind of nestled into an oak tree and talk with it. Of course, he would also go on to be a prolific leader. He was the first dean of Rankin Chapel at uh, Howard University. He was the first black dean of a majority white university at Boston University. At BU is also when he met a certain guy named Martin Luther King Jr. He's getting his doctorate there. Uh, and he, and like Thurman was the one who gave King a hot tip about nonviolent resistance. Thurman had visited Gandhi earlier and like through Thurman's witness, it shaped the entire civil rights movement, right? Um, Thurman also went on to plant the first ever multiracial church in America. So, like, he's this prolific leader whose legacy uh, certainly I have personally benefited from and New City Church has benefited from. But truly, I believe through his religious practice, he shaped America. But before all of that, he was a kid who sat nestled in to an oak tree. And this is what he said about that experience. Eventually, I discovered that the oak tree and I had a unique relationship. This is him, like, from the perspective of a kid, right? I could sit, my back against its trunk, and feel the same peace that would come to me in my bed at night. I could reach down in the quiet places of my spirit, take out my bruises and my joys, unfold them, and talk about them. I could talk aloud to the oak tree and know that I was understood. It, too, was part of my reality, like the woods, the night, and the pounding surf, my earliest companions, giving me space. 
I just love that about Thurman because even as a child, Thurman knew that nature has a lot in common with grandmothers. That those with the eyes to see could see that the earth spoils us with beautiful sunrises and the rush of the waves on the shore. Those with hands to know, know that the earth teaches us how to pray, to fold ourselves in reverence before mountains, and to hold your breath in awe when you see a waterfall. Those with ears to hear know that the earth is teaching us our lineage. It is giving us a home. It is showing us where we come from. It is saying, your life is going to take you everywhere, but remember who you are and you will be just fine. And who you are is a child of the sacred soil, the kin of the Holy Spirit and the dust of God's creation. Nature teaches us that when you look up to the stars, you will be able to navigate your way home no matter where you are. And that love shines through generations and it is here for you. And then there's Paul in Romans 8, who writes one of my favorite parts of scripture. He says, the whole creation waits breathless with anticipation for the revelation of God's sons and daughters and children. Creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice. It was the choice of the one who subjected it. But in the hope that the creation itself will be set free from slavery to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the whole earth, that the whole creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains up until now. And it's not only creation. We ourselves who have the spirit as the first crop of the harvest also groan inside as we wait to be adopted for our bodies to be set free. Let's just scroll back one second. We know that the whole of creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains, meaning that the earth is not just our grandmother, but our mother as well. And anyone who has given birth before knows that pain and love are not so distant of feelings. The earth chose a life with us, not because it would be easy for her, but because she loved us and has committed to provide for us. Because parents know that you don't have kids because it's easy or because it'll get you more sleep at night, God bless you, or because teaching from an iPad in the end of the hallway while you're also in a business meeting is just a walk in the park. You have kids. You don't have kids because it'll make it easier. You have kids because love is boundlessly strong and full of grit. Any parent knows that this is never about just like duckies and blankies. Kids can hurt you as well, especially as they get older. And so the earth buckles under the strain from her children's wrongdoing. When we stole from the jewelry box and found oil to explode into cars, she fixed her chin and said, we will talk about this, but get ready for the dinner that I made you. 
And when we smashed the windows of the Arctic Circle, when we blew smoke into the house, when we forgot who we were and hung out with the wrong crowd, when we beat our siblings and spat in her face, eventually one day she realized that we as children would one day need to understand that our actions have consequences. That love is sometimes truth-telling, and the truth is that we have behaved badly with our mother. The earth has told us in no uncertain terms that we have about 10 years to change as a species, otherwise we're kicked out of the house. If you think that the California fires are bad, if you think that the hurricanes are terrible, or if you think COVID is bad, the earth has promised us with her voice shaking with anger and her eyes full of tears that we will set ourselves up for much worse in decades to come. Just listen to the scientists. Basically all of them, essentially unanimously, have said that our mother has loved us with a passion and we are ruining the house. Because here's the thing about being toxic. Toxic people don't just hurt other people. Toxic people destroy themselves. Toxic people get wrapped up in what we call sin. And sin isn't like, you know, the bad guy moving into town. Sin is like acid rain that deteriorates everything, takes everything apart until it in itself dissolves. We are on the path of self-destruction. Our sin that creation is groaning about is not that we're, you know, choosing the wrong road. It's that we are choosing to destroy ourselves on a global level as a species. And the earth is groaning because she knows that that is not who we were made to be. And then there's Jesus who came, who, who said, you know, I came to save you, but not just you. Jesus said, I came to save you, but not just you. I came to make all things new. We're talking new heaven, new earth. Your mom's got a new boyfriend and he's a feminist. So you better start listening to her because things are going to be different. Not that Jesus ever came to shame us or anything like that. He, he never came to set up yet another system of religious perfectionism for people to weaponize and control each other. I don't think Jesus really cares about half of the things that church people get all worried and in a kerfuffle about. Jesus simply came to say, I am here to give you life and life abundantly because there are forces in this world that are creating scarcity and self-destruction and you know that that is not who you were made to be. The guidance of the stars wasn't lying. You are not meant to be in the one generation that lets the whole earth slip into destruction, not on our watch, 
You have been prepared for millennia to be able to move with the Spirit, to heal the land and our communities, because in you is the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave, that rose Jesus from the grave even when the pollution of the religious guilt system stripped him down, even when the cruelty of humanity crucified him, even when the empire choked him with his own blood, Jesus came back. And Jesus came back saying, excuse me, I'm not done yet. I said that I came here to make all things new. And Jesus said, I'm going to send a spirit to work in people to make sure that that job gets done. And so Jesus healed people and now it's our turn. Jesus taught wisdom from the wisdom of the earth and now it's our turn. Jesus rose against impossible odds knowing that we don't wake up in the morning because we believe that a leader is going to save us. We wake up in the morning because we were freed, are free, and are becoming free in the spirit. Free to use every effort that we can to affect our place which does include voting and selecting wise leaders, of course, but it doesn't, it's not limited to that. We are dedicating our whole being to the healing of all creation. We are continuing Jesus's work on earth. That's what Jesus's resurrection means in our lives today. Because eventually we got to stop looking at the earth like we're just waiting for it to look the other way so that we can steal our allowance money. With the resurrection, with the spirit in us, we got to start caring for the earth. Because the earth is our daughter. Every little bloom that comes up, every seed helicoptering its way in the wind, that's ours to care for. We need to spend time with her, honor her for who she is, Protect her as best as we can, even from ourselves. And, like when a little baby's hand reaches up and grabs your finger, our hearts have to break for the earth with so much love that it changes our life. The earth is crying like a newborn infant. And it is our turn to set down our self-destructive ways of the past and to start remembering who we are in the first place. Are you with me? Amen. And so, New City, as we continue to grow our survival kit, the challenge for you this week is to get all the winter clothes that you need. A lot of winter clothes are actually going on sale right now because the challenge for you this season is to go outside every day. I know it's COVID. I know many of you don't have to commute. The challenge is to go outside every day because the earth is our daughter. And if we don't visit our daughter every day, it's going to be hard to build trust and a relationship. So that is the challenge. Get your winter clothes ready because like 
I know a lot of folks have a lot of feelings about a Minnesota winter. I think it's amazing and beautiful and also very painful. Eh. But, um, you know, the folks who like most often complain about the Minnesota winter are the people who are wearing like pea coats and like fingerless gloves and a silk scarf. And they're like, why am I so cold? <laughs> now is the time for us to prepare for the winter and like really prepare for the winter. The goal is not to be cute. The goal is to be able to go outside every day. So if you are going to commit to getting ready this winter, maybe some of you have like extra gloves that you can share with the community or something, go ahead and put an asterisk in the comment section as a symbolism of our preparedness for snow. <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> okay. Amen.